0: hey good morning uh first of all on behalf of me and my wife and my kids it it feels good to be home you know uh we've we always felt like this is our home and um as john was saying you, you pray with us uh we're due for a pcs move uh this summer and they told us that uh the position in pittsburgh that we want where i can retire was not available um they didn't know that i knew jesus And then the next day, they called me back and said, well, something might be working out. Well, I have to keep my fingers crossed. I think we can move you there. So just pray with us that we come back in June and and we'll retire here and grow old with all you guys and have a good time building the kingdom, right? So uh, two caveats, uh, if I may. Um, So I was very, I used to be very stoic when I was first in my faith. Uh, I'd play, I would never show emotion in church and God has a sense of humor. So um, now when I feel the presence of God, the love of God, I cry. So uh, I've been to combat. Don't get crazy, right? But uh, I'm telling you, you will see me cry today. Um, and also, um, I'm a career military man. Uh, been in the uh, the United States Army for 28 years. So I use acronyms and slang, uh, slang and jargon. I even got my uh, Army man green socks on. Show you how dedicated I am, right? That's a bazooka on the side. So. You know, if I say stuff that you don't understand, write it down, and me or my wife will interpret it, and just kind of give you an example. If I was to say something along the lines of, the CEO said the PFC has taken APFT, but the LT put him on KP, what do I do? Now, some of you completely understood what I said. The rest of you are looking at me like, okay, he's speaking in tongues right off the bat. This is going to be a good sermon, right? (laughs) So... But uh, just write it down. I speak in jargon sometimes. So uh, with that being said, uh, let's get started. Uh, Dave's going to bring this photo up. Uh, This is a uh, uh, homeless veteran outreach. Uh, We're currently stationed in uh, Fort Dix, New Jersey. And me and my family uh, work with a group called Valor Clinic. And our focus is homeless veterans. Uh, We go out. We try to feed them. We try to find them. We try to feed them. We try to clothe them. We try to minister to them. We try to help them the best we can. Uh, so this is a uh, particular in uh, Mount Holly, and that's a food line. And that yellow line right there, pointing to this guy. I was sitting at the uh, picnic tables, which is over by the uh, by the food line, off to the right. You don't see in that picture, but they're off to the right. And I was sitting there. And I was talking to two ladies that we were feeding. And this gentleman right here came and he sat down beside me. And he's a homeless man. And uh, the two ladies got up to leave and. I looked over at him and I said, hey, I said, how are you doing today? Now, I'm going to try to recreate the best that I can his response, uh, but trust me when I tell you that was much worse. He looked at me and he said, <coughs> 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 he was so congested from infection in his lungs and in his throat and his vocal cords, not only could he not talk hardly, he couldn't hardly breathe. He was wheezing and very bad. And... I uh I was instantly uh I was instantly hit with just this love and compassion for him, right? And I said, Can I pray for you? And he his response was no, no. I couldn't really understand him. And I I said, Listen, I said, if you'll let me pray for you, my Jesus will heal you right now. Okay? So through its and bits of the conversation, I really liked this guy's heart because my son, because our kids go to these outreaches with us, and my son, my eight-year-old son, seven, was sitting on the, the picnic table up on the table beside me. And this guy was worried about if I would touch him, I would get infected, and then it would infect my children. And his boldness and his confidence came upon me. And I smiled, and I kind of laughed, and I said, that's not going to happen to me. I said, just let me pray for you. Well, he reluctantly agreed. And I, put, I said, can I, can I touch your back? And he said, yeah. And I said, can I touch your chest? And I put my hands on him just like this. And I said, you know, the last chapter of the book of Mark says that uh, Jesus says they will know that we are his disciples, or that we're his children, because we'll lay our hands on the sick and they will recover. And he's, he kind of looked at me and I took my hands off of him and I said, are you any better and he went to breathe in again, and it was, there was no change. It was horrible. And I think it's kind of unique that with unbelievers, when you, try to, when you pray for them, they get a little glimmer of hope in their eyes. And then when they're not initially healed, you can kind of see that hope dwindle away. And that's what happened with this guy. He kind of lowered his head. I said, hey, 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 hey. I said, wait a minute. I said, it also says in the Bible that Jesus had to pray twice for a blind man. And I said, if that guy has to pray twice for people, I'm... I'm okay. I'll pray more than once for someone. That's, that's okay, right? I said, let me pray for you again. And he kind of looked at me and I put my hand on his back and I put my hand on his chest and I just looked at him and and I could just feel the Spirit of God. And, and I said, in the name of Jesus, okay? I didn't I didn't I didn't jump up and down, I didn't scream, I didn't yell. I just said in the name of Jesus, lungs be cleared, be healed. And David, that's, we won't find out his name, he went. <gasps> Was awesome, right? That's good. And I took my hands off of him and I'm smiling at him. And I can see the wheels turning. He can't figure it out. And he's sitting there. I'm talking. I'm breathing. I'm, I said, yeah. I said that's Jesus. And he and I said, uh, hey, what's your name? And he, and he, and he looked at me, he goes, I was just thinking that he goes, you don't even know me, but yet out of love, you wanted to see my condition changed. And I said, yeah, he goes, you don't know me. I don't know you. And I said, yeah, and and I'm a hillbilly, right? So a hillbilly stranger in Mount Holly, New Jersey, like where where they drink water, right? They don't drink water, right? Like normal people. Yeah. Right. That's Jesus. That's how Jesus works. Right. have no business being there, but that's how it works. And, um,
1: I continue to tell
0: David about Jesus, right? Just that Jesus loves him. Jesus is real. Jesus gave him a miracle and healed him in order that he would realize that Jesus is real and that Jesus dearly and passionately loves him and that he wants to be part of his life. So um, as, as a caveat note, all the people that are pretty much standing at the serving line have now been drawing over and kind of like surrounding David. And he looks up, he's like, what's going on? I was like, nothing, just calm down. It's okay. Everyone back up. And, and David, I said, you know, David, I said, you, good thing about Jesus is that you can come to him at any time. Okay. And I said, I have some things to do over here with the clothing. And I said, if you, if you want, if you, if you want to say that prayer, I said, just holler at me. And I said, we'll say that prayer together. And I went to get up and he grabbed my arm. He said, we can say that prayer right now. I said, okay, let's say that prayer right now. So I just, I let him in a simple prayer, right? Just say, hey, Jesus, I love you. Help me. I need your forgiveness and, and, and become my Lord. Come into my heart. And I said, now, David, let me tell you something. I said, that power that is inside of me that just healed you now lives in you. And now you can go and do what I just did to you, but you know, you can go do it to other people. And I love David's response. His eyes got real big. I remember it's a homeless guy, right? He's living under a bridge. His eyes got real big. He goes, I know just the guy. So um, we go back there this month for another outreach, and uh, I'm just I'm praying and hoping that there's like this homeless revival going on in Mount Holly, New Jersey, that people are just getting saved under bridges and stuff like that. So the, wh- why do I tell you that, right? And, and I just want to caveat this. If I threw my resume of what I've done and who I've been, okay? You would say, okay, there's no way that got, and that's true. I can't heal anyone, but I can heal someone with him inside of me as I abide and listen to him, and that's what I want to talk to you this morning, and I'm no different than anyone else in this room. The title of the message is The Power Inside of You, Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. So I'm going to give you some truth out of scripture. We're going to primarily be in uh, John 15, Um, so if you want to turn there for right now. Romans 8, verse 11 says, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, and I'm just going to dot, 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 dot. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus is living in you. So if you were to, if you were to read that, you would see it's not really if he's kind of posing a question to someone that the truth is he is living inside of you. You got to think about this. Listen, this is, it's very clear. Power, the person, the entity, the creator, the Alpha and the Omega that raised Jesus' human body from the dead, that power. If you have said to Jesus, if you've said to God, I'm done, I know who I am, I need your forgiveness, I need you, come live into my heart. The Bible says in that moment, you have the right to be called the children of God, right? You're a son of God, you're a believer, you're a child of God, you're saved, you're spiritually born. That's what it means, right? If you have done that, Scripture says he now lives in you. You know, um, also look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you whom you have received from God? You know, I like to joke, I, I love yard sales and flea markets. And, you know, I'll cross three lanes of traffic, endanger my family, endanger your family to get to one, Right. And I remember I woke up early one Saturday morning and I said, I said, hey, Holy Spirit, Jesus, you wanna, you wanna go yard selling with me this morning? And uh, I remember him going, I don't have a choice. <laughs> right? Yeah, he's in you. When you sin, he's right there. There's a reality to it. In your best moments, in your worst moments, he's in us. The power that created the universe, the power that raised Jesus is in me, is in you. Right now, it's inside of you. It is always there, right? How about this? Not only does that power reside inside of you, there is an expectation for each and every one of you to use it. John 14, 12 and this is Jesus talking, right? Verily, truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. What were the works that Jesus was doing? You can see, you can hear, get up and walk, get up from the dead. That's what Jesus was doing. I'm gonna go for a stroll in the water, storm, be quiet, demon, shut up and go. That, that's what he's talking about. Right? See, what we do is in the church, this is a lie that the enemy has gotten us to believe as believers. That was for the apostles, or that was for Jesus, or he's different. Well, you have to read this book because this book says that God manifested himself as me and you. Same temptations, same flesh, same thing.
1: And he had to operate by the same rules of the reality that are in place. There's no difference. Look down at Ephesians 2. For we are God's handiwork created in
0: Christ to do works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Before the foundations of the world, you and I were thought about, and through Jesus Christ, God the Father set up works for us to do. Do you know there are people that are only going to be healed if you put your hands on them and pray for them? Do you know there are things that can only be done that were created very specifically for you to do. It's all part of God's, God's plan. It, it's, 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 we're part of his plan. We are purposed. We were created with a purpose. We were created with a purpose, and then we were empowered through Jesus to do what we were supposed to be doing. And can I tell you, this is where Christianity's fun. This is fun. I'll tell you what. You lay your hands on someone and watch a miracle get performed. It's awesome to see their faces. They look at you like, what? Yeah, what? What I mean, I wish I I I had a picture of David's face when he went, he didn't know what to believe. He couldn't believe it. He was breathing. He was talking. It's a miracle, right? There's an expectation for me and you to use the power that is inside of us. So let's talk, uh, you know, like uh, you might say, well, Pastor Doug, you don't know me. You don't know me. You don't know I'm in bondage to this, or I'm in this, or I'm doing this. You, you, don't, you don't know my situation. Well, Jesus does know you, and he does know your situation, okay? And he called you out of the, the wilderness anyways. Go back to John 14, 12, right? Very, very, I tell you, tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do more and even greater
1: what's the requirement believes in me believes in me he's saying the
0: children of god the believers will do what i'm doing that's what qualifies you see jesus in you qualifies you to operate on god's behalf in this world to to do the things you were supposed to be doing that were created for you in mark 16 and these signs will accompany those who believe they'll lay their hands on the sick and they'll and they'll recover now did anyone see perfection in there is there a perfection requirement anywhere in scripture no no perfection requirement none you have to believe your starting your your your, your starting point is your salvation it's when you become the child of god jesus inside of you the power that raised him from the dead inside of you, purposed, empowering you to do the things that God has intended and created for you to do.
1: At work, at Walmart, in the parking lot, with your friend, in the hospital, where you're at. You don't need a
0: pulpit. You don't need to be in front of a church of 5,000. It's where you're at right now, one-on-one with people doing these things. All right, so let's talk about, like, let, let's let's get practical here. How do we use this power? And and maybe if I could go back, I would change that terminology from use to maybe, how, how do we get this power to flow on a regular basis and freely through us, right? Well, if you go back to, I, I want to read John 1 through 17 with you. So it's 17 verses, just bear with me. And this is Jesus speaking. I am the true vine, and the father is the husband, or he's the uh, vine dresser, Right? Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide. I want you to remember that to memory. Abide. That's a key word. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abides in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, nothing you can do nothing. If a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done for you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples as the father has loved me. So I have loved you continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be fulfilled. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no this greater love has no man than this that a man lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do whatsoever, I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for a servant doesn't know what his Lord does. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my father. I have told you. You have not chosen me. I have chosen you. Now go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you should ask of the father in my name, he may give it to you that these things I command you that you may love one another. See if you will look in, in verse in seven and it should be nine, right? It's about abiding in His love, and then what he does is he 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 goes on to to give you an example of what of how he's operating. He's saying, "Listen, I am in the Father; the Father is in me. I abide in the Father; the the Father abides in me. Abiding can be just you, you can translate that as relationship, right? We're with each other, and then he tells us he says. He even defines it, like, how do you do that? Well, he says, he says over in verse 10, right? He says, through obedience. See, for, for the modern day Christian, have you ever been asked this question like, well, if you're a Christian, what happens if a Christian any sins? What happens, right? Was well, there a consequence? Does it affect? Well, yeah, sure, there's, there, there's that stuff. But let, let's go deeper than that question. What is the purpose, if there's mercy and grace, what is the purpose of not sinning as a Christian? I'll tell you right here it's abiding. You want to show Jesus that you're grateful and that you love him? Then do what he tells you to do. He wants you to show him. That's what he did to the father. He showed the father that he loved him through being in obedience to him. You say, okay, what what do I need to be in obedience to? That's what this book is all about right here, right? About prayer. Don't pray to God. Pray with God because you should be expecting an answer back from him, right? Read, read, read this, read this Bible every day. It's called bread, right? It's, it's food for you. Do the do's and don't do the don'ts. You know, I, like, can I stay up here and say that I never lie? I can't say that, right? But I can tell you that my heart is not to lie because I know that when I do lie, it hurts my Jesus. It hurts my God. It hurts the God that saved me. So see, there's, there's something inside of me that doesn't want to lie because I want to show him that I love him. Right, you do the dos. You don't do the don'ts. You pray in the spirit. You pay your tithes. You do all of these things, not to get ahead, not to do that. You, you you do it out of love. You abide by obedience, right? Being in obedience out of love. In John fourteen, Jesus said, "If you love me, do the things I've commanded you to do." That's a good litmus test. That someone says, "Oh, I love Jesus. I love Jesus." And then just sit back and watch. I'm not telling you're not messing up. You're going to mess up your human. Got man. That's grace, right? But your overall behavior, your speech ought to be showing. Your fruit ought to be showing. So Jesus says, listen, just as me and my Father, just as I abide in my Father, and I'm in obedience out of love to my Father and He is in me, that'll produce fruit. And what is fruit? Fruit is blessing. Fruit is blessing in every area of your life. I'm not telling you that life isn't tough. Life is tough. Jesus said it, right? But you can be blessed in the middle of all of it. And let me ask you this question. Why are you blessed? Why are you blessed? Your first reason that you're blessed is because you're dearly loved and you have a very patient, patient father, right? But I'm going to tell you the second reason you're blessed. The second reason you're blessed is to be a blessing. You're blessed in order to bless someone. You are comforted in order to comfort someone you are giving knowledge you are given knowledge and wisdom in order to give knowledge and wisdom and mentor and direct other people it's all about flowing it's all about abiding right into the bigger picture so let's talk about application right so i I like to say this thing uh, that when i'm talking about this i I like to talk about this thing called uh, walmart and wheelchairs right so if 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 you decide in your mind, "Hey, I'm going to Walmart and I'm healing six people today, out of wheelchairs," you're wrong. Okay, you're on the wrong track. We need, you need to back up. You need to listen, right? Because I ask you this: Did Jesus heal every person he came across? No, he did not. Jesus did not heal every person he came across. I don't. Want, I'm not going to read it to you, but if you were to go into Acts three, right, one through seven this is after Jesus has already went back to heaven and John and Peter are walking, right? And it says that at this gate, because you gotta remember Jerusalem's a walled city, go, go back 2,000 years ago, walled cities and all that, right? And they have gates to get into the city. And it says from his birth, there's a, there's a, or from the time he was a little, there's a lame man that was laid at that gate every day collecting alms, right? Asking, asking for handouts. John and Peter are on their way to go pray, which was their tradition to go through that gate. And the gate was called Beautiful, right? And as they're walking through there, Peter's like, oh, hey, locks eyes with him and says, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, get up and walk. And walked over and got him by the hand and picked him up and took him in. Now, you can rationally and logically assume that Jesus walked by that guy a lot of times. If you, lived in Ro- if you live in Robinson, I can almost guarantee you didn't drive to Beaver to drive all the way back around so you could come up the road this way to come to the church today. You probably just came down Cliff Mine you can apply that. So Jesus, you know, Jesus walked by that guy. Why didn't Jesus heal that guy? Jesus walked by that guy. Why did Jesus just randomly walk up to other people and say, hey, do you want to be healed? The guy at the the, the pool, you want to be healed? There's a lot of sick people laying around. Well, why did Jesus just pick him? Well, Scripture shows us. Just in two places alone, in, in John 12 and John 5, Jesus said, I only say what I hear the Father say, and I only do what I, what I see the Father do. See, the, the thing about it is, is you, you, have to, you have to give up control. It's not our plan. It's His plan. We are only a piece of the puzzle, right? We're part of His plan. I really like that uh, one worship song, and it says that... Um, The guy says, I was angry at God and I was shaking my fist at heaven and saying, why don't you do something about all this evil in the world? And he says, I did, I created you. We're part of the plan. So you have to figure out by listening to God, by abiding with him, who are you to perform signs, wonders, and miracles on in order to save them, to further the gospel, to build his kingdom, just like Jesus did. Jesus prayed in the mornings, he prayed in the evenings, he was in scripture, he abided with the Father. And because he abided with the Father, he was able to hear them. So let's talk about engaging people, okay? I wanna make it very practical for you. Now, I, I will tell you that I can walk past sick people or, and, and not feel like a compelling to go pray for them, right? I, I, okay? But then there's other times, like when I come across David, that when he started coughing and snorting, I just had this compassion and love come over me that I just wanted to heal him. Even now I think about it, it just chokes me up. Why? Why was I drawn to him? Yeah. That was my guy. That was my guy. That was how God's going to use me. And there was other sick people that day, and I prayed for no one else that day. I tried to pray for one other guy, but he ran from me. That's okay. We'll get him this month. right. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Maybe David got him, who knows? <laughs> or maybe you get a prompting. Maybe you just feel a prompting or an urge to go towards someone, right? Maybe you get a word from the Holy Spirit. Can can, can I tell you, let, let me rest you assured of this. God is a farmer. You know that? I grew up on a farm. And can I tell you, before you go to plant seed in the ground, there is a lot of work that has to be done to that ground. You know, you got to level it out. you gotta. You got to... Um, You got to spade it and pull the rocks out, and you got to till it, and you got to lay you got to lay rows, and you got to hoe, and you got to do all this stuff right. Then you send to go to go put the seed in. Let let me trust you. If you feel God prompting you to engage someone, He has already been at work in that person's heart. Scripture says the Father draws people, the Holy Spirit convicts them, and Jesus saves them. So what's our role? To introduce them, in between the conviction and the saving, to introduce them to Jesus through love. And if you love someone, you bless them. You meet them at their needs. And this is not about trying to give them a a three-line gospel. Uh, It's not about trying to get them to pray the the salvation message immediately. It's not about inviting them to Westridge. This is about, out of love and compassion, meeting them at their needs.
1: Out of love and compassion and introducing them to Jesus. See, God's already at work. He just wants us. He works with us.
0: There's a, there's a chapter in Mark where he says, and as the apostles went out and they went, God went with them, working with them, right? To, to like verify what they were saying. See, God wants to work with us. That's how he created it. So when you engage someone, just walk up to them, Right? total strangers, and just say, hey, can I pray for you? You'll be amazed how many times people will say yes because they're hurting, they're sick, they're whatever. Can I pray for you, please? Be bold. My Jesus will heal you. Okay, what if he doesn't heal him? That's not what the Bible says. Don't you worry about that. You do what you felt like you're being called to do. Step out in faith.
1: Can I pray for you? Let me tell you something. Love and compassion for people will kick your pride and doubt out the door. Ask to touch them, right? Hey, can I touch you on the shoulder? Can I touch you over here?
0: And then when you pray, right, you can either say something like, you know, in the book of Mark, it says that the believers, the children will lay their hands on the sick and they'll recover. You can just tell them that and not pray. Or you can just pray. Father, I ask right now that you heal this person, this that this pain goes away, right? That they receive this job. And when it happens, It'll convince them without a shadow of a doubt that you are real Jesus and that you dearly, deeply, passionately love them and want them. If, if you had to rank, right? So I'm gonna give you a hillbilly analogy, right? If there's seven biscuits on the table, right? Right, and those biscuits are signs, wonders, and miracles. Who would God say is the first person allowed to go to the table? It's the unbeliever, right? It's the unbeliever. Because that's where we're at right now. At this point in time, we're about the unbelievers. We want to save as many as we can. We want to bring them into the family. And it takes signs, wonders, and miracles to convince some people. And that's the purpose. That's what they're there for. Right? That's a purpose of them, I should say. I remember um I remember I was at a I was coming out of a 7-Eleven right off a of post, and I was in uniform and I was with the, my captain, and and this guy come walking up to me, and he just looked at me and We like locked eyes. and I was like, hey, how are you doing? He said, I'm great. How are you? I said, I'm good. And I said, hey, what do you need? And he goes, what are you talking about? I said, what do you need? What do you really need in your life? What do you need that right now that I can ask Jesus for and he'll give it to you? And he goes, huh, I need a house. I said, done. I said, can we hold hands? Can we shake? That's man shake, hold hands, right? Can we shake? He said, yeah. And I said, father, he needs a house. Give him a house, Lord, and when he receives that house, let him remember this moment, that it may convince him that you are real, Jesus, that you dearly, deeply, passionately love him, and that you want a relationship with him, and want him to be part of our family. Amen. Uncheck the hand, my captain. Of course, I'm, so I'm, I'm getting ready to be a lieutenant colonel. So I got a little bit more rank than that captain, right? That captain's over. He's just kind of looking at me like, "What are you doing, sir?" I'm like, "I just get in the car, right, <laughs> All right." But here's this total, story. I don't know what that dude's name is. And he's like, wow. I'm like, hey, enjoy that house. If that dude receives a house, is that a sign, wonder, or miracle? Yeah. Meet people with their needs. That's what Jesus did all the time. He healed 10 lepers, and all of them were going to hell. And one came back to worship him. And he said, You're saved. But didn't, where's the other nine? See, he's good. You don't have to invite people to church. You don't have to give them the, the, the three paragraph or the three-sentence gospel. Meet them at their needs in love. Why? Why? This next uh, up here is gonna say it's gonna say John 8. It should be John 15. It says, Herein my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so that you shall be my disciples. You do it to bring glory to God. One way that you can uh define Glory of God is what is He famous for? What is He known for? Right? Well, he's known for being all powerful and kind and patient and long suffering and loving. You bring Him glory, right? To save the lost. Multiple parables. You have hundred sheep. One of them goes missing. You leave the ninety nine and you go find that one. Guess who the ninety nine are? Go save the lost one. Seven coins. You lose one. Leave the six coins. Go find the coin. Two sons, one goes off, one stays at home. You worry and pray, and when the, when the lost one comes back, you rejoice. It's about the lost. How about to destroy the evil and dark works of this world? I'm going to tell you something. I'm a military policeman by trade, and I'm going to tell you in two areas of life, in ministry and law enforcement, you see the depravity of mankind. Counseling's is another area. And we really don't see it as a whole, as a society. We're kind of cushioned from it. But it's an ugly world. Man, evil's rolling, man. The things that people do to each other can make you sick to your stomach, right? How about this one? How about how about you start stepping out and doing what God wants you to do so you can ease suffering? I, I got this picture uh, on my desktop. I, I have it saved, and I like to click on it and remind myself once in a while, but... Uh, it's of a three-year-old boy who has cancer.
1: And he's throwing up from chemo, right? And that's his big sister taking care of him. Do you know we can we can have an effect on that? Me and you,
0: even as we're being refined, even as God is working out the things that are not okay in us,
1: Me and you, every believer in here, we can affect and change that in people's lives. See, here's the good news about all this, right? Me and you, we're the answer. In an evil and fallen and dark world, we're the answer. We're the game changers. God, why don't you do something? I did, I created you. You know, you're not where you're at
0: by accident, right? You can say, well, this happened, this happened. No, 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 I'm telling you. The time, the date, the place, where you're at is not by accident, all right? There's a purpose. There's a purpose where you're at. You have to give up on yourself and you have to give in to him. I t- I with, we say with John and Jen this weekend and I told John, I said, I always kind of wanted to preach a message called just give up and quit, right? Give up on yourself. Give up on yourself and give in to him. And that is nothing more than a decision. That is nothing more than to say, okay, God, I don't know all the answers. I don't have it all figured out, but I trust you and I trust in your plan and it's all good. See, here's the thing. If God is not who he says he is, and if God does not love us the way he loves us, hang it all up. It doesn't matter. I'm gonna say that again. If God is not who he says he is and he does not love us the way he says he loves us, give it all it's it's hang it up. But if he is who he says he is and he loves us the way that he loves us, man, I'll tell you what, the hundred people sitting in here ought to be affecting change left and right in the cubicles, in the Walmart. You ought to be walking up and just touching people and watching the signs, wonders, and miracles at your hands and giving glory back to him. And saying, that's Jesus. No, that's Jesus. Yep, that's Jesus. I can't believe, you know, that, that that healed me, you healed me. No, 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 no. I didn't heal you. Him in me healed you. And if you'll believe and accept him, he'll live in you. And then you can go do the things I just did. See, we replicate ourselves, right? Jesus replicates us over and over and over again. So this morning, I'm going to ask everyone, if you would, just to where you're seated, if you just bow your head and close your eyes for a minute. And I just... I just want, I just want you to say for about 15 seconds, we're just going to be quiet. And I just want you to say, you know, the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me in this moment? What are you saying to me? Just for a moment, just be quiet. heads bowed and and your eyes closed. If I see you hungry, and I know you're hungry, and and I go into the kitchen and I grab a hot pocket and I cook it and I put it on a plate and I come to you out of love and compassion and I said, hey, I saw your condition. I saw you're hungry. Here, take this hot pocket. This will change your condition. This will make you better. This is what you need. If you never receive that hot pocket, your condition will never change can I tell you that's a great analogy for God and forgiveness and salvation he looked up on mankind and he saw that we needed to be forgiven we needed a savior and he took Jesus and he offered him up and now God is sitting here saying to all of mankind here's my forgiveness here's my Jesus, take it it'll change you, it's what you need no strings attached i love you just take it it's what you need if that's you this morning i'm not going to ask you to raise your hand i'm not going to ask you to stand up one simple prayer between you and god heart to heart you just say yeah that's me jesus i need you just come into my heart
1: scripture says in that moment that you are
0: now given the right to be called a child of god and he comes and resides and lives with you you're on the fence about it the good thing about it is that prayer is always open to you 24 7 but i will warn you do not wait you don't have to clean yourself up you do not have to be perfect he takes you at as you are and he does the cleanup that's his specialty he's really good at it. or maybe you're maybe you're like a prodigal son right maybe you're someone that you, you you know god but man monday through saturday you're living not how you should be living and and if we were to put your resume up here you would be embarrassed and you would be ashamed that's you, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand I'm not going to ask you to stand up, nothing just right now, heart to heart just say, Jesus, that's me, I need you scripture says that he is just and faithful to forgive us and he will restore you immediately and he'll bring you back because you're purposed then there's a the last group. If you feel like the Holy Spirit is calling you into this, if you know that there are people around you that God wants you to affect and to change, but you just, maybe you're scared, maybe you don't think you have the boldness, maybe you don't think that you are where you need to be, maybe you're not mature enough, you're not qualified or whatever, All any of those lies are hanging to you, but you feel that draw. If you feel that draw in your life and you want to go, you want God to help you go to that next step where you're living your faith, Will you just raise your hand so we can pray over you there you go there you go be bold be bold once you put it up you can put it right back down there you go there you go and maybe there's some of you in here you're like i'm not a hand raiser i ain't doing it that's okay just heart to heart just right now just say lord help me give me a love and a compassion for the lost that'll help me step into that next level that'll help me to be bold that'll help me to throw pride off to the side so as we go you can you can i i i really appreciate you bowing your heads and closing your eyes for each other and respecting each other and doing that it's awesome it's a great heart i want to give last one last call out okay if you're in here this morning and you don't believe me and you think that i'm going to be selling t-shirts and snake oil out in the parking lot after this if you want to challenge me i'm open if you have a problem if you have a pain and you don't believe you can be an atheist whatever right i invite you to come up here and we're going to, I'm going to ask everyone to stand up we're going to go into worship and there's going to be some prayer teams up here right I challenge you to come up test God because whatever you bring up he's going to heal this morning to prove to you that he's real it's for you right and you don't have to come to me it is him who is inside of me that does the work but he's inside of her and he's inside of him and he's in <laughs> he's inside of him he's inside of him he's inside of her it's not the person I, i'm not a special it's just him inside of me that does the work and I, well, as, the, as we go into worship i'm going to ask you to stand up the prayer teams can come forward
1: and if you need prayer for anything come up and let us pray for you right so we can give some glory to jesus this morning thank you